Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. And now, welcome to Like a Boss, insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. So I'm going to be interviewing today someone called Jamie Newman. Jamie, your trainer leader, how are you today? I am fantastic. Actually, you know, I, I, I just lied. I like to be honest. Yeah. We're extremely overcast today. Mm. And for some reason, that messes with my head. So I've got a bit of a headache, but I also have coffee, which helps the headache. So it's me too. I'm golden. Me too. Nice. Me too. I nice. know. And what's really bad about this coffee cup, by the way, y'all can't see, it says pain care physicians. It's actually my, I got gotten injections in my neck before. And so I, I look at this lovely pain care physician coffee. And I'm like, it's so interesting. <laughs> pain care, coffee. Yeah, that it, makes sense. It makes, it makes absolute sense. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I, I am, fa- I'm honestly doing really well. Um, but I didn't want to just give one of those. Are you in hey, Seattle? Also- are you in Seattle? Where are you? It's all dry. No, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. Calgary. Oh, my God. I love yeah. Calgary. That's kind of like Texas. I'm in Austin, Texas. Have y'all listened to me before? Heather Haywood, Calgary and Texas. Like, there's some there's some connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably the oil and gas industry connects us Something a little like bit, too. Even, like, the industry. So, yeah, there's a ton of people I know that go back and forth between Calgary and uh, and Texas. So. I've heard that Calgary is a lot like uh, Fort Worth, and it's very true. I've been there as Fort. So, if y'all want to who in the heck am I talking to in Calgary? <laughs> it's Jamie Newman. He's a leadership trainer, consultant, and coach, and is the founder of YourBestManager.com. Jamie provides training and resources specifically designed to help top performers become managers and first-time managers learn how to build and lead effective teams he also hosts your best manager podcast which i have been on <laughs> yeah <laughs> and features interviews with leadership experts around with this question who is your best manager and why and so i've already been interviewed by you you can go check him out at yourbestmanager.com and check out my interview or just all of his crazy stuff at yourbestmanager.com as twitter is james d newman as well as his instagram linkedin and facebook okay so this right. is interesting. So we were, I was just talking to this with my sister, and that is about how, I was actually taught this when I was a lot young, a lot younger, 98, was like, <laughs> when a sales manager gets really, when a salesperson gets really good, they do the worst thing ever, and they promote them to manager. That never happens. I don't know what you're that talking never about. Ha- right. <laughs> and I learned at a young age that salespeople don't always make good managers, and vice versa. Good managers yep. aren't always great at sales. 
So one, I mean, you can't ask, answer the question, why in the heck are they so stupid and do that? But <laughs> I mean, you can't answer that question. But I mean, what's happening in today's world? Are they still doing that practice? And how are you maybe helping them transition? Yeah, so it, it, it actually makes a lot of sense. It, it's not necessarily a bad decision. The problem is rampant just, without, just in general within management as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's just more noticed in salespeople because you, you take that top performer, you promote them, it immediately hurts your business because um, your top performer is no longer performing, but you're right, oftentimes they don't know how to manage. The issue though is no one knows how to manage and most companies don't actually train leadership. So um, it, it's just one of those things that gets talked a lot about, but it's actually a good business decision. Why wouldn't you mm-hmm. want your best people training and leading your best people the 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 real transition though happens i think if, and i think salespeople can make incredible managers and sometimes better managers than non-salespeople all they have to do is switch their mindset to my employees are my customers mm. and if they were to treat their employees the way that they've treated their customers and what led them to success your sales becomes inspiration mm-hmm. and you are mm-hmm. now teaching people to to follow you and buy whatever you're selling. It's just no longer a product. It's empowering them. I mean, I've been in a lot of sales teams before and I find that um, the good, I've had a lot of bad managers. I've had a lot of good managers and I find the good managers there's a couple things they do and you can speak it to in your terms. I'm not a trainer at this, right? But I'm going to tell you from my view, right? Because it'd be a lot of fun. One, you as me as a sales rep, I knew they were somehow like watching me. That was number one. And that's because <laughs> salespeople will get away with murder unless they know they're being watched, right? Yeah, if they feel yeah. like there is a what I call absentee <laughs> manager, they're like, party, we're going party. You know, they don't yeah. <laughs> care. But if they're being watched, number one, number two, they're empowering them. Meaning when they come up against a problem, sales rep comes up comes a problem or a challenge, they feel that their manager has their back or mm-hmm. will support them in the challenge, right? They mm-hmm. feel supported because I think what's what a manager should be is it's an empowerment, it's a support, but also like a motivator, right? Yep. And I always think of, uh, and uh, what is it called? Uh, military, right? And we just hired somebody recently and a lot, well, long time ago, a year and a half. And I, he's a great manager. And it's because he came from the Marines. Like he was a Marine. Mm. So he was taught great leadership. He was taught that it's, it's all about the troop. You know, if one guy's yeah. down, everybody goes down with them. We all, we're all as strong as our greatest link. I mean, he was taught these leadership skills versus it's all on me, you know, for, who cares about them? So yeah. am I on the right track? And, and I'm saying words like that make sense to me. <laughs> Tell me how management today and how do you teach that? Um, I, I, I don't. So the core principles of management are actually pretty easy to to teach, and I think a lot of companies get that right. It's that leadership component that you're talking about, yeah. the care for people that doesn't get taught. And I mean, I've got an article that I face and stare at every single day uh, from Harvest Business Review. It's written by a guy named Jack Zenger, and uh, it it says we wait too long to train our our leaders. So th- I I don't know that the the difficulty is in how do you teach it. It's mm-hmm. do you actually even teach it because everybody knows what the difference between a good boss and a bad boss is. And that's why there's 50,000 of those infographics that compare the two and they get shared all over the place because everyone can recognize it. 
the issue is executing on those things. Mm-hmm. And the issue is genuinely like actually caring about people. Now, and that part, that's tough to teach. If someone doesn't genuinely care about other people, they're going to be uh, uh, not great as a leader. <laughs> um, you've got to ha- at some level care about the people that you're th- that you're leading. Yeah. And I, really, if 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 I'm a business owner, if I'm an executive, if I'm about to promote a new manager, um, that's the number one core thing that I want to teach that person. Care about your people, find out what's important to them, and the rest kind of takes care of itself, and then I'll teach you the management stuff. Like, I'll teach you how to run a meeting. I'll teach you how oh, to let's do that. Let's do that. Well, that's suite. great. Let's just, right now, I want you to teach everyone listening, how do you run, and I'm going to be in quotes, a non-boring freaking slice my throat meeting (laughs) right because i have to run meetings now and i feel so bad because i'm like i hated meetings i really hated meetings so here i am running meetings and i have this back in my head like oh my god they're probably dreading this i'm really sucking at this (laughs) and they're probably rolling their eyes at me i can't see them because they're they don't have their they can't i can't see them right now behind the video screen they're probably rolling their eyes oh my god so how do you do it like can you walk us through that just like yeah how do you productive and not boring yeah, um, and it's relatively good timing because on, okay. on my show, so every Monday on, on the podcast, I go through different fundamental of leadership, and I've been spending the last uh, few weeks at the time of this recording talking about meetings. Um, and so for starters, uh, they are an incredible opportunity um, to both inspire your team and to fail horribly um, <laughs> because it's one of the only times so that your team members or your employees are actually – uh, solely paying attention to you for a long period of time. Um, <laughs> other than, than that, it's just small interactions Wait, or one-on-one what? conversations. They're not paying attention to me all the time. I'm the boss. No. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you, you put them in a room or you get them on a conference call and they've, I mean, aside from having their smartphone out, which if you're doing conference calls or, or video calls, those are very difficult because very no difficult. one pays attention. Yeah, because they're, they're doing this like, what, <laughs> what, what? Yeah, yeah exactly. But let's they're... assume. Um, let's I mean, assume. I think that's a good rule in and of itself. If, if you're going to run a meeting, don't allow cell phones in, in the room or everyone turns their cell phone off um, because it's such a, a distraction. But outside of that, all they're doing is listening to what you have to say. So if it's good. <laughs> fantastic but if right. your message and your delivery sucks they're walking out of that meeting talking about you thinking about you and that's a reflection of your company so um you have to understand snicker like, snicker 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 okay go ahead sorry i'm, I'm making fun of it but it's so just like that was horrible oh my gosh she's really it. i mean i've done that i mean I, i've walked out and within like 30 seconds i'll say well that was a waste of my time right uh, i don't want to be that them. boss i don't want to be that boss i don't want to be that like oh my god that was such a waste of my time i could have had breakfast yeah or something yeah so he, here's my i guess two core tips okay avoid meetings um if you can and Mm. implement one-on-one meetings with your team on a more regular basis now it depends how many direct reports i think if you've got more than five direct reports it's going to be very difficult and um maybe you should have some more reliable people on your team that you can delegate more to but if you're sitting one-on-one with somebody they're going to pay attention. You let them run run the meeting. It's their agenda. Now, you have to have a little bit of structure to it, but they come in, and the first thing you do is you talk about, hey, what's going on in the current task? Um, you spend a little bit of time there, and then you talk okay. about whatever's really important to them. If you do that on a regular basis, then 
all your group communication can be really short because if you know what everybody is going through on a one-on-one basis then Mm -hmm. maybe you bring your team in once a week and you're like all right here's the announcement here's what's changing here's what we're doing this week here's your assignments or here's i mean but it's very very quick Mm -hmm. because you know they're going to talk one-on-one so that's my first tip do one-on-ones instead of full meetings it's a good the second tip. One is, That's a good tip. Um, yeah. Well, I, I learned about it. Uh, there's a guy named uh, Ken Blanchard, and I went to a situational leadership uh, course. I know next. Ken. I know Ken. I met him back in 2007 or eight. Great Did guy. You? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's awesome. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't facilitating the training, but it was okay. his course. Uh, <laughs> so I have not met him. Uh, I'd love okay. to get him on my show sometime. But anyway, um, part of their training involves teaching one-on-ones, and it was the concept of your team member brings in what's important to them to talk about. I thought it was brilliant. But um, the, the second thing is to, uh, again, still in the spirit of not running meetings, just do quarterly um, meetings and make a bigger deal out of them. Uh, and so prep uh, is important. Figuring out one message and one theme that you want to convey related to like culture. So that could be something like, hey, this quarter is going to be about servant leadership and everything I talk about is going to be intertwined with servant leadership or maybe it's about passion or maybe it's about what if or maybe it's about a sales goal but you pick one theme that you tie everything together so that you can trigger uh, um, performance in your follow-up after but um, you break things up so I think in a good quarterly meeting you should have at least two to three videos mm-hmm, um, people mm-hmm. love videos they watch videos and you add some music behind a motivational video and you're going to um, hit that like emotional chord as yeah. long as it's relevant to what you're talking about. Mm. Um, and then heavily, heavily, heavily weight everything you talk about to what's important to your team. Uh, and this goes into just leadership, I think should be leadership one-on-one. But if you understand the goals of each individual on your team, then you structure all of your meeting around them achieving their goals. And that includes like overall company performance because hey, here's where our company's at right now. Here's where the business is. If we hit this level, um, guess what that means for opportunities? And if our team performs at this level, here's where we're at, here's where we need to be, guess what that means? Because I know that you want to buy a house, Sally, and in order to buy that house, you need to hit your bonus or uh, you want to get promoted or um, we need to be able to have a good year so that the stocks do well so that you can have the finances to buy your house or or you want to travel. Well. Um, hey, if you're spending all your time worried and behind, you're going to have a difficult time taking time off to go travel. So mm. if you can tie so you're tying it back to their own personal goal. Yes. So, okay, yes. I got it. So tying it back to your own personal goal, um, to their own personal goal, like they want a house or what's like a, I have someone who works with me or works for me who, yeah. um, you know, they have a, a, a child that's going through some medical stuff. I mean, so it's like they have a huge motivation. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, to just discuss that, really be open about like what's there for them or what's going on with that and like see how we can help with the medical expenses by increasing it. You know, like I think there's just something you can always do to help people um, go to the next level with their sales. So do you always yep. bring it back to sales or is there like a... It, it depends on the business, right? Okay. Um, because sometimes your your customers are internal. If you're part of a large organization, yeah. um, I mean, let's say your account's payable uh, as, as a team. It's like there's not really sales targets. You're going to have certain metrics. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a believer that 
everybody on every level of every organization should have some like number or specific data point for a performance metric. Not because I'm a micromanager, uh, but because as uh, uh, an employee, I always wanted to know, hey, how do I get promoted? Or how do I grow my, or like, what does good look like? Because I don't want somebody, you know, my annual performance review being like, oh, here's what I think. Your quality was good. Well, what? how do you define good? So um, depending on what the team metrics are, that's going to be the goal. And if you're in sales, well, that's ultimately what it's going to be. So and if, if you're it's tying- not in sales, what would it be the metric? I mean, let's just talk about it for a second. So if it's not sales yeah. and they're... I don't know, they're nurses or something. I don't even know. What's not in sales? A technology, I guess. What kind of metric do you put it to? Um, so you can put it to amount of rework. Um, so if you're producing a product, how often is the product having to come back and be reworked oh, on? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so how much like, it goes out and comes back? Yeah, uh, okay. you could do how much product is actually getting out, out the door, uh, which is still going to end up being tied to sales or how much product are you uh, going through and evaluating depending on what you're doing. Uh, customer service is a great one um, because ultimately when you think about it, every company, it boils down to sales. If your company isn't selling products and making money, there's going to be no opportunities for anybody that's in the organization. That is very true. So would you say customer service should be tied to sales? Yes. Really? Yeah, okay, yeah because um, you're... And, and you want to look at a couple of things. You want to look at your attraction of customers. How many new customers are you bringing on? Um, but you also want to think about like retention, repeat customers, and almost any level of your organization is going to have an impact on customer service, even if the customers are internal. Because, they, I mean, if you can help your team see like the big picture, and I'm thinking like a major corporation where you don't actually mm-hmm. even talk to a direct consumer. Yeah. Your ability to... Um, perform your job at a high level impacts other people's ability and eventually down the line there's a customer so you can always tie yourself are we giving the project managers everything that they need or are we giving accounting everything they need to to serve customers so i I think there also needs to be an emphasis on like what where does our team fit in the grand scope of the big picture um because it and accounting and sales and uh the custodial staff like they all look at the business very different, but if you can help them understand that, hey, you're in the custodial work, guess what? If we have a clean, safe workplace, right, we can be a more productive, uh, happier company, more attractive to customers. And as we expand, we get more floors and we get to hire more people. And, you know, the list so goes let's, on. Let's talk about metrics for a second, because, I mean, as a customer service, um, how would you train or how would you uh i mean think about it so i'm a customer service person let's say yeah how how would you say to me okay i'm going to tie your your entire um bonus or whatever to number (laughs) of sales and she's going to be like but i don't even do any of that like i answer the phones yeah how would you do that in a way that she doesn't feel like that's not my department or you know i'm the receptionist like i don't i don't know what how would you do that and how would you train people to do that yeah, I, again, it's going to, I guess, a little bit depend sure. on the business that you're in. Um, most, com- I shouldn't say most, most major organizations are running through, they're called voice of the customer surveys, where customers are surveyed. Yeah. Um, and they, they give feedback and it's all about net promoter scores. So you can get data and tie performance to those metrics. 
um, even if, if the person is not directly customer facing because it's still based on 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 team. Um, but if if you can break down the tasks that create customer service, you can typically put them into a did you do this or did you not do this? Mm-hmm. Um, what you want to stay away from and what's tempting, especially in customer service, is be like, well, if I hear good things from the customer yeah. or if I hear bad things, I'm going to make my judgment based on that. And we all know that it's easier to complain than it is to say great things. So you got to be very careful. You do want to you do want it to be a metric, but. Um, there are there are certain things you, you can track. Now, okay. if you're in a very small business and you've got a receptionist at, at the front, um, I mean, there's only so much you, you can do. You're not going to be like, all right, you need to make 15 phone calls a day to customers. But you, actually, you could do that. Um, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Could you imagine if your dental office like called you and just said, hey, just want to see how you're doing? Yeah, that'd be, like, oh, that'd be awesome. You know, in fact, incredible. recently, um, I found a, a dentist online and I did a bunch of research on him and then I put my name and information for someone to call me back and it took them four days, five days. And then supposedly this guy is like amazing. I haven't even met with him. And I said, you know, yeah, let's just set an appointment or like a consultation just to talk to him, but not really appointment yet. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, uh, what times do you have next week? And she's like, oh, next week. Like, I need to look out six weeks. I'm just like, <laughs> why do I feel like I'm at Sotheby's? You know, <laughs> this is like the Mercedes or the Rolls Royces. I'm like, oh, excuse me. I go, well, I'm not setting an appointment. I just want to have a consultation. And so he, she was very snippety. Um, so I'll probably be telling the, the dentist that. But I thought to myself, wow, like, she didn't mm-hmm. have to do that. And so I, even though I really want the service and I read online and he sounds amazing, I'm still a little edgy about it because she was just kind of the customer service, whoever she was, was just kind of rude about it. You know, so yeah. I think it really does make a difference. Whoever's answering your phone, who's ever the voice of the company. But the thing I have for you is how do you manage that? How do you train that? How, if someone's coming to you like, look, I'm a first time manager. I've never done this in my life. I've mm-hmm. been a sales rep for 10 years or five years. And now all of a sudden they've made me a manager Jamie help me how do I do this how do I manage I didn't have sisters and brothers growing up I I wasn't part of a sports team I've never managed anyone in my life that totally freaks me out so how do I manage this how do I do this what would you say to them so the best piece of advice and ironically I got this uh, the first time I became a manager the company I was working for they sent us down for sales training it was a sales organization but um, there's this guy who had been with the company since since it started and uh, he taught the most simple lesson that if managers would just do this it would like change the world oh my gosh okay let's do it what is it grab your new employee and attach them to your hip and show them how to do it and when you're doing that, show them how doing a good job impacts them personally. If you can help an employee see the correlation between performance at work and personal achievement, you're going to build loyalty and engagement. But it's not just a matter of saying, if you do X, I'll pay you more. If you do X, you can do this. You have to literally show them. And I, I mean, I, I call it shoulder to shoulder because you need to literally be side by side. So if you hire a new receptionist, um, it's not so much as being like, go be a receptionist, you know, like uh, go do what you need to do. It's like, hey, let me show you how to answer the phone. I'm going to answer the next one. And uh, let me show you how, how to, to do one of these calls. Now you do it and show me how. And you actually coach by doing it with but them. How do you do that if you have a virtual company? 
Uh, well, depends what you're doing, but I think you can still do that. Um, oh, like I'm right now. I mean, right now I'm, I have someone I'm working with. She's in the Philippines. She's in a different time zone. And I would love for her to be right next to me so I can show her what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, but, but I don't. Uh, have, I mean, yeah. So how would you? How would you? Uh, I guess you know, if you had a client, it's like we have five people or ten people or fifteen people across the country. How do I manage them? And we're not, they're not in the office with me. I can't tap them on the shoulder and go, "What are you doing?" You know what I mean? So how would you do that? Yeah. So um, one of the cool things we have right now is access to pretty incredible technology. Yeah. Now, when you deal with time zones, there's going to be some sacrifice there. If you've got a, um, I don't know, at someone on the other side of the world and it's 3 a.m., maybe that's worth it. Because if you show someone how to do it right the first time yeah. and they can figure it out, it's worth that sacrifice because you don't, again, think to rework. You don't have to redo things if they're done right. But I mean, hop on, what is it, Zoom? Uh, hop on Skype, do conference calls. Uh, I mean, you can do a three-way phone call where you loop the person in and be like, hey, I'm going to show you how I talk to a client. Like, mm. you, you can do all, all of these things. Um, even for tasks, I mean, you can record your, yourself doing something on a screen, create a video, and send a screen share video to somebody. Um, so there's, there's some incredible things. That being said, um, I'm also going to just recommend that um, – Anybody who runs a virtual team, I've not spent a ton of time studying it, but there's a guy who has, his name's Kevin Eikenberry, um, and uh, he wrote a book called Bud to Boss, which is about transition, transitioning into leadership, but um, he, I think he's just coming out with a, a new book or new courses just for remote leaders. Mm. Um, so I haven't read it yet, uh, so I don't have all of his insights, but that's what he's been studying for the last like year and a half. Got so it. I'm... I'm going to also say, listen to whatever Close he has to, to say. Okay. This is probably pretty good. <laughs> so let's go back. So I apologize. Let's go back to you and managing. Um, or who do you work with now? What's your ideal client? Um, so companies typically, uh, but not necessarily. So um, I work with individuals that are, I'll say, just highly am ambitious, want to grow their careers and get promoted. Um, so I'll connect with them one on one. Um, and then I create like online training programs that people can take individually. Um, that being said, um, ideally, what I end up doing is sitting down with a either a business owner or a general manager. And when they're about to promote somebody or they've just promoted somebody or someone who has high potential but struggling, I'll just I typically go in and do a couple like if it's in person, do like some um, like maybe like a group presentation on, hey, here's the fundamentals, figure this out. Uh, but it's all about accountability. So it ends up being one-on-one -on -one coaching with, with a certain number of people. Now there's a certain limit to scalability there. That's why I also do the online stuff. Yeah. Um, but essentially that's, I guess, my target client. Mm. Um, my secondary target client just, and this has actually happened recently because I didn't really understand how critical this was, but there's so many entrepreneurs that start their own business and they've never actually managed someone before. Um, and so, I, I mean, that's a, so a huge focus of mine to just like, hey, like, what do you do when you're hiring your very first employee? Um, and so I, I just created a, a, I haven't just created a course. I am waiting on some equipment to finish it. Um, but of course on Udemy, all about hiring that literally walks people step by step. How do I know when I need to use a recruiting agency? How do I know when that's a waste of time and money? Uh, how do I actually know if it's a good business decision to hire? How do I know how to interview? And so I walk A, a through Z through the hiring process because um, it's difficult. Like, what do you do? Like, I, I spent eight years in a recruiting company. Uh, I know how to recruit and hire people. But if you haven't, if all you've done, maybe you're an IT expert creating products and you got this software solution and all of a sudden you need two employees, how do you go find them?
How do you know if they're good? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really true. How do you find really good employees is a really big one for entrepreneurs. I mean, 100,000%, right? So, I mean, yeah, you are, you, so to, are you teaching people like how to hire, how to sift and sort through that process? Are you giving them like structures? Yeah, um, I'm not teaching recruiting. Okay. Um, just because I, I think there's a lot that goes into yeah. it. I may at some point, he's like, how do you spend six hours on LinkedIn? How do you cold call potential candidates? I'm not really going into that. I'm going into the fundamentals of like, are you looking at where could this person be? Because it's really easy to be like, I'm going to hop on, was it Zip Recruiter or Monster or Career Builder, and I'm going to spend $500 on an ad and hope it works. Yeah. Okay. I'll teach you how to create that job description, that job posting, but I'll teach you how to like go through the different steps to be like, all right, how do I drive referrals? Like, what if I know this person? What if the best employees, best friends with our receptionist or, or what if they're at a local, um, association? What if they just graduated? Like, where can you look before you even consider, you know, spending money or hiring a third party recruiting firm? Uh, but if you need to go and headhunt somebody, I mean, you should probably just get a professional to do that. Right. And it, uh, again, I worked for a recruiting company for a very long time. For the high level, very difficult roles, me being good at my job and spending 40 hours a week on it, 60 hours a week, um, it would take five days to find the candidate. Wow. What business owner, what entrepreneur has five days no. to go do that? So right. if, if you, that's the amount of effort you need to put in, pay somebody. It's going to cost you ten to $20,000. Um, but if you've, I mean, you got to think about what's the cost of not hiring that person. That's, and I also talk about that because if you're going to spend $60,000 to hire somebody at, at a 60,000, sorry, if you're going to spend $60,000 to hire somebody, including mm -hmm. their salary to yeah. solve a $60,000 business problem, it's not worth it. Right. Cause you're, you're ending up like flat Like you want to spend $60,000 to make a hundred thousand dollars, make $200,000, you know? Right. Right. So there's a lot that goes into hiring. There's a lot. Of, yeah, you, finding the right people is critical of every company, I think. And so I'm really excited. So I just want to kind of wrap it up. Um, yeah. And where can people find you? And then who's your market for that? So where can they find you? What's your website? Uh, it is yourbestmanager.com. Super awesome. easy. Yourbestmanagers.com. And who is uh, who should go there? Is it first-time managers, people that are individuals, or is it team saying, hey, you know, who who should go there? Yeah, uh, first-time managers um, and HR professionals yeah. and business owners, typically. So if you are responsible for the development of managers or leaders, you should go there. Um, the website is tailored to first-time managers, to the individual. Um, but, I mean, you go to the website, and, and if you're like, yeah, this would make sense for my managers, then you're in the right place. If you go there and you're like, this stuff sucks, then, uh, I don't know, go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. All right, that, was a, yeah. that was great. Yourbestmanager.com. And just one last question before we go. How did yeah. you get started doing this? Like, how did you all of a sudden go, I'm going to build a business on training? Were you a manager for a period of time? Yeah. Um, so I managed people for about um, five, six years. Um, I wasn't very good. Um, I developed the same way most people do, trial and error. Hey, I'm going to try this. And, oh, that didn't work. Um, the first three people I had on my team left within the first nine months, so I was not good at it. Um, but then I, I, for starters, I figured it out. So I ended up having a couple really successful years. Um, and then I got to a point where I was in sales and 
everything I did ended up being sales and I wasn't doing training anymore, wasn't doing management even anymore. It was like, go make more cold calls, go make more cold calls. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. So I decided um, at that point, I wanna do something where I'm doing training. And the first thing I thought of was maybe I'll train recruiters. Um, but through my experience recruiting, um, I didn't actually do that much recruiting. My team mm. members did. Um, but what I did do was I consulted managers on who and how to hire people, how to performance manage them, how to retain them. And I mean, I was privileged to work with some of the largest companies in, in the world, Fortune 100 companies, mid-market firms. And I was like, I know a lot of people within management. And then I was like, but no one's going to take me seriously. I look like I'm 12. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> even though I've got almost 10 years experience, so I decided I'm going to start a podcast where I'm going to interview the world's top leadership experts and learn while I teach. I love it. What a great yeah. model. That's a great model. I think everyone can learn a lot from you in doing that. And I love your website, yourbestmanager.com. And of course, your podcast, which I was on. So you can check that out at your <laughs> And you did great, by the way. We had a good conversation. We you did. Heard it. At the <laughs> time we're recording this, you haven't heard it yet, but it's good. Yeah, it's coming out <laughs> now. It's already out by the time this is being yeah. Uh, yeah. released, I'm sure. So you can go check it out at iTunes at Your Best Manager and then put in my work name, Heather Havenwood, and just go listen to my interview because it was awesome. Yeah. I actually remember that day. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, so you're a great inter interviewer and interviewee, both sides of the mic, as we call it here in podcasting. <laughs> and I just want to say, you know, I love what you're doing because I think um, this is one big, huge huge piece in the entrepreneur and business world that uh, people become entrepreneurs, but they don't know how to be great managers and vice versa. Mm -hmm. We just hire people because we like them, not because they're really good at what they do. So right. I love what you're doing. This is really amazing. It's very well needed in our world today. And just keep it up so you can check Jamie out, yourbestmanager.com. This is Heather Havenwood with The Win. Check us out at heatherhavenwood.com. Thanks so much. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one -on -one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.